Please take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews chapter 8. You know, God's Word is the only thing that will change lives. And, uh, and that's where the power comes in our Christian life, is our relationship with God based on His Word. As you study God's Word, God's Word will change the way you think about life. It will change the way you think about your priorities, the way you view sin. It will change the way you think about your family and your relationships, uh, the way you approach your work, the way you approach entertainment, uh, your hobbies, uh, your children. Uh, really, the Bible shows us how we live, how we respond to God. So it's so important uh, that we really take as much time as we can out of our daily schedule, our weekly schedule, to get under the influence of God the Holy Spirit through His Word and also take the time as much as we can to study His Word, whether that's on an individual basis or that's with other people. And so I'd just like to encourage you towards that end. Uh, it's been a long year and a half. I don't know if you've felt that way. Uh, in fact, some of you maybe have really been struggling um, just coping with things, okay? Uh, mentally, emotionally, maybe you're struggling. Uh, I think many of us at a certain point in the last year and a half kind of felt a sense of, you know, what's the use, right? Uh, we're not able to go uh, get in touch and connect with people and pay in purpose. Uh, we missed our church family. We missed the opportunity to worship. And uh, now it's here. So uh, let's take advantage of it, okay? Um, let's not be so much focused on ourselves and how we feel that we forget that we come to church not just to worship God but also to encourage others in their spiritual growth. So sometimes yung, yung mga masks, yung mga face shield, it's kind of a, a pain to communicate with other people because I feel like we're always screaming at each other through face masks, you know. Uh, we don't really see each other's emotion. But make sure before you go home, take time to have those kind of conversations. Find someone. You don't know if the person sitting next to you is struggling, uh, is discouraged. And uh, maybe you just need somebody to talk to, somebody to pray with. Um, you know, for those of you that are at home watching uh, in church, God has called us out to be a church for us to come together. That's what that word means, an assembly. And uh, he's called us to invest in one another spiritually. And so this is something that we do, not just physically. We don't just come here. Uh, but really, we need to spend that time investing in, others, in one another's spiritual life. Okay, so don't forget I just want to encourage you towards that end. Hebrews chapter 8. Verses 1 to 13. And we have been looking at Hebrews, and Hebrews tells us that Jesus is better. Jesus is superior. He's better. He is supreme, uh, better than the angels, better than Moses, better than the Levitical high priests. Jesus is better. And uh, itong uh, author of Hebrews, uh, he begins to tell us that Jesus Christ is the high priest. He begins this in chapter 4. And that was weeks and weeks ago that we were in chapter 4. As he begins to tell us about that, if you remember in chapter 5, he stops. He stops telling us about the fact that Jesus is a better high priest. And he just spends uh, a chapter and a half and just warns us about the danger of not growing spiritually. You, you can't hear these things. You're, you're not mature enough. So he warns us that we need to continue to, pursuing, to pursue Jesus Christ. And then uh, we get to chapter 7, and uh, he, he picks up again itong theme niya, one of the themes of Hebrews, the fact that Jesus Christ is our high priest, the 
final high priest. And uh, he's going to keep going on this point until Hebrews chapter 10. Now, you know, one of the good things about uh, a good speaker and a good author is uh, he or she will stop at a certain point to remind us of what he's talking about. And that's exactly what the author of Hebrews does here in chapter 8, verse 1. Look, now the point in what we are saying is this. Okay, so here's a reminder in case you forgot. This is what we're talking about. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, a minister in the holy place, holy places, and the true tent that the Lord set up, not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices. Thus it is necessary for this priest also to have something to offer. Now, if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all, since there are priests who offer gifts according to the law. They serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things. For when Moses was about to erect the tent, he was instructed by God, saying, See that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown you on the mountain. But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old as the covenant he immediates is better, since it is enacted on better promises. For if the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion to look for a second. For he finds fault with them when he says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. For they did not continue in my covenant, and so I showed no concern for them, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall not teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest. For I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. And speaking of a new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete. And what is becoming obsolete and is growing old is ready to vanish away. Lord, we need your help this evening. Help us, Lord, not just to understand what your word is saying, but help us to know how to respond in a way that is pleasing to you. I pray that you would give grace and strength I pray that you would give grace to me as I speak and also grace to the listeners. I pray that they would receive it with hearts that are open and humble. And I pray, Lord, that you would give the empowerment that only you can give. Help us to be grateful for who you are and what you've done for us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, when was the last time any of you owned or used the following? Maybe, you know, you can just... Just raise your hand, okay, if, if you ever owned or used one of these. Uh, how many of you ever owned or used a quill pen? Wala naman siguro, no? Quill pen. Anybody here use a quill pen? Okay. Dito Ben? Hindi naman, okay. How about an outhouse? Meron ba? I think maybe possible. Okay, Tito Ben, outhouse. Okay, there we go. Tito Ben, you did not disappoint. A kerosene lamp. Okay, kerosene lamp. Oh, Okay. Meron. Masimoti, I feel like you're too young for that. Si Daniel. Okay. Uh, how about an audio cassette player? Audio cassette player. Okay. I think, yeah, yeah. Uh, pag pumunta kayo sa sound booth, meron, pang, meron pa yata tayong hindi pinapakawalan dyan, Kuya Efren. Ano? Okay. Ayaw pang bitawan ni Kuya Efren. Okay. Uh, what about a Walkman? I thought this was the cool thing when I was in high school. Okay. Meron ba? Diba? Kung may Walkman ka, you're in. Okay. Si Gary. Okay. 
uh, analog TV. Some of, some of the young people here, they're like, what in the world, okay? This is how I spent my Saturday mornings. I spent it watch, renting and watching Betamax. <laughs> Sino nakapanood ng Betamax, okay? Hindi ko alam kung naabutan nyo yung mga laking BF. Kung nasan yung Starbucks sa Phase 1 ngayon, na yan yung pinaka-kuideo at alala to. Nung 80s, yan yung pinakamalaking rental ng Betamax. Okay? May Jonis pa dun sa kanto nun before, di ba? Pero yung malaking store na yun, kung saan yung Starbucks, dyan talaga yung mga bata pag Saturday morning, ang hihiram ng mga cartoons. Uh, pagkatapos ng Betamax, ano na? VHS, tapos after that, laser disc. Oh, pang mayaman yung laser disc, di ba? I think yung, yung Betamax kasi 10 piso lang yun pag rent ka nun eh, di ba? Pero yung laser disc, 50 pesos. Okay, wow, mamahalin, ano? Uh, overhead projector. Okay. Eh, I think naabutan pa ng marami yun. Oh, ito. VCR. Right? Video cassette. Sabi ni Kristen. <laughs> Video cassette recorder. Okay. Uh, what about, how many of you remember uh, yung credit card imprinter? Diba, nung, nung 80s, sikat ka pag may credit card ka eh. Diba? Pero hindi machine. Kukunin yung credit card mo, may carbon, ka, may carbon paper, tapos may Diba? Ta- tapos, lima yung pipirmahan mo. Dami-dami yung pipirmahan. Okay? Hindi na, madami hindi na nakaabot nun. Ano? Uh, si Tamagda sa office nyo, dot matrix printer. Okay, meron. Yung may mga butas sa gilid. Diba? Sasakto mo yung papel. Yun yung maingay. Bzz, bzz, bzz. Okay, maingay. Uh, how many of you ever used at home or in the office a Rolodex? Alam niyo yung Rolodex? Yung, yung address, card, yung literal mga cards. Tapos umiikot. Ano ba yung phone number ng doktor? Diba? Okay, mga Rolodex. Ngayon, nasa phone na natin lahat. Ano? How many of you still remember using an actual Yellow Pages phone book? Okay. I, I remember every time these would come to our house, usually they would come in a bundle of three. The drops are, I would think, yes, meron na naman ako ibibigay sa school dun sa recycling drive. Diba? I mean, anybody really use those things? Uh, a typewriter. Okay, ito, this was a little bit unique. How many of you ever used, maybe in college, a, a slide rule? Okay, si Tito Ben. Okay, slide. I'm gonna preach on honesty next Sunday, okay? A slide rule. Uh, I never used one of those. But I think those pang conversion, you know, pang conversion. Uh, how many of you, naabutan nyo pa, ito, this will really tell us how old you are. How many of you remember seeing a mailman? Okay, meron pa. Naalala nyo ba yung mga, may mga blue pouch? Diba? Ngayon kasi email na lahat, eh, diba? Uh, pero noon, diba, inaabangan natin yun, oy, may sulat kaya, diba? Medyo obsolete na, diba? Okay. Uh, all of these things, in fact, all of these things that I mentioned to you, in a sense, they've kind of already, they're considered obsolete technology. Okay? Uh, all of these. Uh, what do we mean by that? It means that at some point in the last, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, something else was invented. They saw that these inventions were inefficient or faulty, and something else came along that was better. Okay? Kumanood ka ng Betamax ngayon, hindi na ganun ka-clear yung resolution ng picture, di ba? So, ngayon, panay mga Netflix na, okay? Wala nang LaserDisc, wala nang mga CD player, kahit mga computer, di ba? Wala, ano na yun, laos na yun eh, okay? Um, wala nang mga typewriter, and so on and so forth. 
But itong mga technology nito, we used to depend on them so much. Uh, I remember my mom being so proud about how fast she can type on a typewriter, you know, and just watching her in amazement. Ang ingay, papak, 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 kling, papak, papak, you know. And the number of words that you could type without mistakes on a typewriter, that was bragging rights. Okay? That really, that's how good of a, of a, a typist or a secretary you were kung, kung if you could reach 80-some, you know, 90-some words a minute. But again, nowadays, those things are gone. Pwede ka na magkamali as often as you can. And ako, what I just do is I've got this tool at the top that a button I press. Merong ABC and may check. Diba? Very common. And what does that do? It fixes all my bad grammar. Okay? Uh, I just click it and says, Oy, kailangan mo ng kama dito. Okay, this one, you capitalize this. And I said, oh yeah, change, fix, fix it. Change all, change it all. Okay? Why? There was technology we depended on. It was effective then. And now it's been replaced. We don't have to depend on it anymore. But now we depend on something else, right? And what's amazing is a lot of those things I mentioned here, we have... We depend on our phones for a lot of those things that were mentioned here. You know, as you read your scripture, as you read the Old Testament and the New Testament, you kind of find something similar in scripture. What you find in the Old Testament are God made several covenants. He made several covenants with different people groups or, or different individuals and their families, eventually Israel, and what we find is those covenants have now become obsolete. They've, become, they've been replaced by the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And yung mga covenants ngayon ay tinabina ng Panginoon. They're no longer effective. They're not effective for us. In fact, as, you, uh, as we continue studying Hebrews, makikita natin dito yung focus niya is the Mosaic Covenant. The covenant that God made with the people of Israel through Moses. He made an agreement with them. In fact, he already gave Moses an indication of that agreement all the way back in Exodus chapter 3 and Exodus chapter 4. Sabinya, you will worship on this mountain with my people. And uh, sure enough, once they left Egypt, and that's where they worship. that uh, God chose Israel to be his people even before he made that covenant with them. So that covenant, yung, yung agreement that he made, did not save Israel. God chose Israel and delivered Israel even before he made that covenant with them. But um, we'll get into that in a little bit. But the problem here with the people in, in Hebrews, uh, the, the people that the author of Hebrews was writing to, was they were struggling. They were continuing to trust in the old covenant, a covenant that God had already said was faulty by design, a covenant that he had already replaced, a covenant that he had already set aside. You cannot be saved through your obedience to God's law and through keeping the festivities and ceremonial law. In fact, even in the Old Testament, that never saved anyone. No one could be saved by their obedience to the law. It was only to point them to Jesus Christ. And nangyari, Jesus Christ already came. He died on the cross. He completed His sacrifice. And so instead of looking back and continuing to trust in that faulty covenant, what we need to do is we need to trust in Jesus Christ. Jesus provides us a relationship with God. And we need to value what God has done in His Son. 
We need to value the forgiveness that God has provided through His Son. And we need to choose to live for Jesus. Let's look. Just two truths. We can divide this chapter into two. Uh, two truths. The first truth we'll find in verses 1 to verse 6. It starts off by saying this. And by the way, when you're studying Hebrews, uh, Hebrews chapter 4, all the way in verse 10, except for a uh, portion of chapter 5 and the rest of chapter 6, really is talking about the fact that Jesus is a superior high priest. Okay, so that's the point. The point of chapter 4 to chapter 10. Jesus is the better high priest. He's the one you should trust in. And uh, he's already said a lot. We've studied a lot. And so now he reviews with us. Pero tignan natin. Verse 1 to 6. Jesus as a high priest with a superior ministry. Verse 1 tells us that Jesus is a high priest at God's right hand. Verses 1 to 2. Jesus is a high priest at God's right hand. Now the point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest. One who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. So what do we know about Jesus being a priest at God's right hand? Well, the thing that you really need to pay attention to is the fact that Jesus Christ is seated. He is seated at the right hand of God. Um, this really separates him from the rest of the high priests. Bakit? Uh, have you ever, as you read through the Old Testament, especially Leviticus, uh, do we really see the high priests or the priests in the Levitical system sitting down to fulfill their ministry? And the answer to that is no, never. They can't. They have to continually offer sacrifices. It's a lot of standing and moving around, uh, killing of animals, putting them on the altar. Even yung high priest, uh, the thing that he has to do, going to the Holy of Temples once a year, Holy of Holies, the only, there's no place to sit there. The only place that he could even could come close to sitting would be the God's mercy seat in the Ark of the Covenant. But uh, even if he were to touch that, he would die right away. You see, there's no sitting for any priest or any high priest. But what we find is Jesus Christ, having fulfilled his ministry on earth, having completed the final sacrifice, God accepted that sacrifice, and now he is sitting at the right hand of God. And uh, let's not just read over that and think that that's not significant. It's very significant. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 11 to 14, you mga Levitical high priests, they're described as this. They're required to make sacrifices daily, which can never take away sins. That's what he, and we'll get to that in the future weeks. And then what it says here in verse 2 is Jesus is ministering where? A minister in the holy places in the true tent that the Lord set up, not man. A contrast is now being given. Where were all these high priests ministering to? They were either ministering in the tabernacle for the older high priests or yung mga nandun nung, nung paglabas pa lang nila ng Egypt. Or eventually, once the temple were, was built, uh, there were high priests and priests who ministered at the temple site. And then uh, nung nasira, the Babylonian event, uh, um, invasion, and then later on they went back and rebuilt it under Cyrus. But still, it wasn't the same. But if you were a priest or a high priest as a Levite, you would either have ministered in the tabernacle, the temporary worship area, or the temple. But what you find is Jesus never ministered in the tabernacle. He never ministered in the temple. He never ministered in a place that was built by men's hands. Where is Jesus serving? 
The Bible says that he is serving right there in the holy place, the true tent that the Lord set up. Now, as we read that, we could read that two ways. Uh, true, meaning what was here on earth was false, right? Uh, yun naman yung opposite ng true eh. If something is not true, then what? It's false. Oh, so, ibig sabihin yung tabernacle, yung temple, that really, you know, they, didn't, they shouldn't have never built that because that was false. Well, remember, who gave them the command to build that? God did. God was the one that instructed Moses, and then eventually God gave the approval for David to allow Solomon to build that temple. And God gave wisdom to the different men. So yung ibig sabihin ng true is not that what was here on earth was false. The idea is this. What is in heaven is the genuine McCoy. And what happened here on earth was just a copy. Okay? It was just an image of the, what's going on in heaven. So, alam natin yung concept na yun, di ba? Kahit sa sapatos, merong urig, merong class A. Diba? Naunawaan natin yun. So, in other words, ang sinasabi ng author of Hebrews, yung nangyari dito sa, sa lupa, that's class A. Okay? Class A. But Jesus is there, He's ministering, He is in His heavenly Father's dwelling. How shall we think about that? Well, remember this. Jesus Christ offered the final sacrifice. A finished work, and then he sat down at God's right hand. The Levitical priests, they never sat down. Their job was never done because the sacrifices that they made could never permanently take away sin. It never paid for man's sin. So what did they have to do? They had to repeat it over and over and over again. But when Jesus offered his sacrifice once for all, he sat down. He sat down because his work was qualified. Sabi niya, it is finished. That means that he accomplished in one glorious act what all the priests in the Old Covenant could never accomplish and will never accomplish. They could never uh, forgive men's sins. And they could never bring about reconciliation to God. Jesus did it all in one sacrifice, the sacrifice of himself. And uh, he has accomplished what all that can be accomplished, what needs to be done. And so here's how you need to think about this. There's nothing that needs to be done to the work of Jesus Christ. You have no righteousness that you can add to Christ's finished work on the cross. If you are depending on your own good works to get you to heaven, if you're saying, well, I trust in Jesus, but I'm going to help Jesus out. I'm going to do good work so that I can be worthy of heaven. You have no righteousness that you can call your own. Jesus paid for it all, all your sins. That's why he was able to sit down. If you're just trusting in your own good works, you're no different from all those priests who offered up a sacrifice for sin again and again and again. Now, what else? Think about in verse 3 to 5. So Jesus Christ is a high priest in heaven. He can't be a high priest here on earth. Why? For every high priest, verse 3, is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices. We already looked at that a few weeks ago when we were in chapter 7. They were, had to be from the Levites. They had to be assigned. God appointed them to offer sacrifices, and Jesus wasn't part of that tribe. Thus, it is necessary for this priest also to have something to offer. In fact, the author of Hebrews, he doesn't really go into further detail. All just he says is, Jesus can't be a high priest in heaven, or a high priest on earth. 
Now, if you were on earth, you would have to not be a high priest at all since there are priests who offer other gifts according to the law. So in other words, he's saying, see, Jesus, he can't be part of the Levitical high priest. He's not one of the Levites. Uh, God is the one who appoints high priests and priests according to their gifts and sacrifices. Sorry. And uh, since Jesus was also appointed as a high priest, he had to be able to offer a sacrifice to God. Kita natin yun sa verse 4 or verse 3. Um, what did he offer? Alam natin, he offered his very own life. Jesus gave of himself. But Jesus is not on earth, but in heaven, and that's where his high priestly ministry is being conducted. Uh, what else does it say in verse 5? They serve a copy and the shadow of the heavenly things. They, referring to the priests. Okay. For when Moses was about to erect the tent, he was instructed by God, saying, See that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown you on the mountain. What is happening there? The author of Hebrews is reminding us of the fact that God gave very clear instructions to Moses. Do not deviate from my instructions. And then the author of Hebrews is really giving us an idea of why God gave those instructions. Because the tabernacle that Moses was erecting was serving as a copy or a representation of what's happening in heaven. There was a picture that God was trying to describe and the tabernacle was that representation or that symbol. Now, we'll see that later on. So, the earthly sanctuary was a copy. Now, here's a question for all of you. Why would anyone be satisfied with a copy if we could afford the real thing. Right? I mean, think about this. Pag nagpunta kang Green Hills, makakabili ka ng original Louis Vuitton for 999 pesos. Okay? Mayroon pa butal na piso. Ano? Diba? Yung original na yan, Mike. Wink, wink. Diba? Gusto mo ng tunay na Ray-Ban shades? Okay. Doon ka sa Green Hills. Hindi ko alam, maybe for 750, baka matawaran mo pa. Okay. Now, obviously, alam natin, hindi talaga original yun. Okay. Kung bibili ka ng original na Louis Vuitton, doon ka talaga sa tindahan ng Louis Vuitton pupunta. At uh, once nakalagpas ka doon sa guard, pag nalagpasan mo yung sales lady na, na mamata, up and down, baka labasan ka nila ng pitaka na ganito kalaki. Okay. <laughs> Sabi na, pakito lang yung ma-afford mo. Okay, ito, 10,000 na pitaka. Okay? Um, pero let's say, okay? and now I know, probably most of us, not all of us, probably wouldn't you know, spend that kind of money lavishly, but let's say you wanted a pair of Nikes. Okay, yun, mas affordable. Nikes, basketball shoes. And you had the money, and you had the opportunity to buy an original pair of shoes. Right? You've saved up, you have it, and you know it's the real thing, hindi masisira agad. Why would you settle? If, if you know you, you play sports and the safety of your ankles depended on it, you had that money, why would you settle for a uh, 500 peso pair of shoes from the ruins? Right? None of us would if we could afford it. But Sometimes we do, we settle kasi hindi na, or we go for a cheaper brand kasi hindi natin, hindi natin kaya bilhin. By the way, 
yung mga young guys, alam nila kung saan yung mga good deals ng mga rigs, kausapin nyo sila. But and that's the point of, of what this verses, these verses are saying. Yung Jews, why should they be satisfied in an old priesthood, in old sacrifices, which are only copies? They only serve as copies of the forgiveness of sins that God could give. You see, the Mosaic Covenant was never intended to save anyone. It was given for the purpose of worship and to point people to Jesus Christ. Um, we should never be satisfied when we can have the real forgiveness that Jesus Christ offers. You can have real forgiveness. You can have real reconciliation with God through Jesus Christ. Finally, verse 6, he says here, So Jesus is a high priest in heaven. He can't be a high priest on earth. He's not one of the Levites that continue to offer gifts that were appointed by God. So if he's not a high priest on earth, but he's a high priest in heaven, that means that he is the high priest of a better covenant. Verse 6, But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is much more excellent than the old, as the covenant he mediates is better since it is enacted on better promises. So now yung shift of conversation goes from the Old Testament back to Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Excuse me. Again, the author is saying Jesus Christ's priestly ministry is better, it's superior. Tignan natin tong dalawang salita. By the way, you look at verse 6. There's two words that you see there. The idea of covenant and the phrase mediates is better, right? Or better, better covenant. <clears throat> Laging magkasama yung dalawang salita na yon in Hebrews. I'll give you a few examples. Chapter 7, verse 22. This makes Jesus the guarantor of a better covenant. Hebrews 9.15. Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant, so those who are called by uh, may receive the promises of eternal inheritance since a death has occurred that redeems them from transgressions committed under the first covenant. Hebrews 12.24 And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. So what does it mean that Jesus Christ is the mediator of a better covenant? Kailangan maunawaan natin yun. Dahil ang verse 6, this is really the key verse of this entire chapter. What does it mean that Jesus is the mediator of a better covenant? <clears throat> ano ba yung mediator? A mediator is someone who is an intermediary for the purpose of settling a dispute, right? May dalawang nag-aaway and somebody acts as an intermediator or a medi- he's mediating on behalf of the two. Um, it also has the idea of being a guarantor, okay? So uh, let's say, for example, ako, uutang ako sa banko and sabi na, well, paano pag hindi mo nabayaran? So kasama ko ngayon si Pastor Greg. Si Pastor Greg will sign the loan with me. And si Pastor Greg is saying, pag hindi niya nabayaran, ako ang magbabayad. I am guaranteeing to you that this loan is going to get paid either by him or by me. I am guaranteeing it. So that's what Jesus Christ is. Jesus is mediating for, between God and man. And Jesus is also guaranteeing the promises that are part of that new agreement or covenant. Okay? Huwag uh, po tayong matakot sa salitang covenant. In fact, when we get to the second half of this chapter, I'll explain why. But here's the point. <clears throat> yung, covenant, yung covenant that Jesus is mediating, the covenant of grace or salvation, is better because it was enacted or founded on better promises. 
What, what are those promises? The promises of eternal life. When you repent of your sins and trust in Jesus Christ alone as your personal Savior, God guarantees you forgiveness of sins, eternal life, and God gives you a new heart. But what about the Old Covenant? What about the Mosaic Covenant? You remember the Mosaic Covenant? Here's the thing. You obey, there's blessings. You disobey, there's consequences or curses. Right? That's what it was. And part of that covenant was laws. Obey the laws. Part of that was the sacrificial system. If you disobey the law, you want to be cleansed of your sins. You offer a sacrifice, animal sacrifice. And this was a lifelong thing. You had to keep doing it. But really what it was is it couldn't save anyone. It was pointing to Jesus, the Messiah, the one who would take away all that sacrificial system, the one who would pay for all our sins. And so finally, Jesus has come and now He offers us the covenant of grace. Put your faith in Jesus Christ and you can have forgiveness of sins, the gift of eternal life. God is offering you the free gift of salvation that has better promises. You can count on all the promises that God has given directly that's connected in salvation. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the guarantor. God has guaranteed you all those promises through no one less than His very own Son, Jesus Christ. You see, that's why Jesus is a better high priest. There's no one like Him. He can give you a relationship with God, the Heavenly Father. Let's go to the second half, and we'll go very quickly this way. The second half of chapter 8 says this, Jesus is the mediator of a superior covenant. So, uh, Jesus... Uh, alam natin yung kanyang priesthood is superior and uh, he provides us a relationship with God. He's got a superior ministry. Why? Because he is in God's right hand. Uh, by the way, the picture of Jesus Christ is sitting at God's right hand. But when you read Acts 7, when Stephen is about to die, when he's being martyred, ano sinabi niya? I see Jesus Christ standing. And that is a picture of the fact that, yes, Jesus Christ is sitting at God's right hand because His work has been done. But Jesus Christ also has a posture of concern when His children are in need, just like Stephen was. That's, on a, different, that's a different message. That's for Acts. Uh, Jesus is the mediator of a superior covenant. Um, look at verse 7. It tells us that a new covenant was needed. For if the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion to look for a second. And doesn't this make sense? Right? Uh, let's say you go to the mall. You want guys, right? Guys, why do we go to the mall? Okay? We're not talking about the ladies, just the guys. Why do the guys go to the mall? Usually we go to the mall because we need to buy something, something that was broken or something that we need. Right? screwdriver. I don't know. I don't know how you can ruin a screwdriver. screwdriver. I need to buy a new screwdriver. Right? The old one, what'd you do with it? I threw it away. Why? Because it's broken. That's what verse 7 is saying. If there was no need for a new one, we wouldn't be looking for a new one. But Sabito, if the first one had been faultless, in other words, there was something insufficient with the first one by design. Okay? 
So the first covenant was faulty, not that it was bad, it was just insufficient and it was ineffective by design. God never designed the covenant that He made with Moses and the Israelites for that to save them. Alam natin yun kasi Galatians chapter 1, 16 tells us no one can be saved by the obedience of the law. In fact, God already saved them by delivering them out of Egypt. Ano yung sinabi ng Panginoon? If you live this way, if you live according to this covenant, you will be able to reflect that relationship that we have better. You'll be able to worship better. So the agreement, really yung result nun, was worship. This is how you live for God's glory. Para makita that you are God's chosen people. So if you live this way, life will go well for you. You'll be blessed. Ma-reflect yung relationship that you have with But if you don't obey, there will be curses. And uh, sure enough, because of their disobedience. But now, what we find is God has replaced the Mosaic Covenant, the agreement He made with Israel through Moses. He has set that aside with all its feasts and sacrifices and priesthood. God set that aside. Bakit? Because no one could really be saved through it. Now, he didn't set it aside uh, just because people were disobeying. Makikita natin later on. It was just ineffective. It couldn't solve the problem of sin. It couldn't solve it. People kept disobeying the law. And what they found is there was sin in them. It pointed them to their own sinfulness. And the fact that they, they couldn't once for all cleanse them for the rest of their life. What it did, though, is it pointed them to the fact that they needed someone to forever cleanse them for their sin. So we could say it this way. Yung Mosaic Covenant, the agreement God made with them, it was an anticipatory covenant. It was pointing to something coming in the future. So it's not that the first covenant didn't fail, that, that it failed. It really was designed to be <clears throat> insufficient. So sabito. So, verse 7, a second covenant was needed. So, maybe you're asking, Pastor Robbie, what was the point of the Mosaic covenant then? Why did God make that covenant with Israel? It was given to point them to their need for Jesus Christ. The Mosaic covenant was given to Israel for a very specific purpose, to show them their need for a Savior, to point them to Jesus Christ. And Jesus finally came. The problem was because of the hardness of their heart, they missed it. They missed Jesus. The trappings of the covenant, the feasts and the sacrifices, and the privilege of serving in the temple became so important to them, holding on to power, that Messiah finally came, and they missed the Messiah, and they rejected His grace. But the Old Covenant was given by God with a specific purpose. It represented Jesus, it pointed to Jesus, and it was foreshadowing His coming to earth. So ano ngayon? What happened now? Well, because the old one was fault, faulty by design, God initiated a new covenant. Now verse 8 to verse 12 is actually uh, Jeremiah 31, 31 to 34. It's, it's copied. We're not going to study this verse by verse, but I want to highlight some things. So he's directly quoting. But I want you to pay attention to the first part of verse 8 before he starts quoting Jeremiah. Sabi ng author of Hebrews, For he finds fault with them when he says. So he's saying God is finding fault. With whom? Well, he's finding fault with people attached to that old covenant. He says this, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, 
when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them from the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. So there's going to be a different type of covenant. For they did not continue in my covenant, and so I showed no concern for them, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. They shall not teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, for the least of them to the greatest. For I will be merciful toward their iniquities. I will remember their sins no more. And three things that I just want to highlight in these verses. This is a quotation from Jeremiah 31. What are three elements of the covenant of grace that God has made? The salvation that we have in Jesus Christ that uh, you couldn't find in the Old Covenant. Sabi to una-una, I will write my law in their hearts. What does that mean? Now, when you think about your heart, is anybody here, uh, I don't know what the test is besides the 2D echo, to see the cardiogram, what, I, I don't know, okay? You, you can't go to a hospital and undergo any type of heart test and then the doctor, you know, as he's looking at the screen, whoa, what is that? Genesis 1-1, what, what does that mean? Okay? Ano ibig sabihin na I will write my laws on their What is that? The Ten Commandments? Meron ba kayo nakitang doktor na nagaganon? Anong ibig sabihin na ito? Will God physically write in your hearts? Uh, does this mean that all of a sudden, once you're saved, you're gonna know God's laws and remember it? And uh, we're doing fighter verses, we're memorizing God's law, and now we all have verses memorized, whereas people in the Old Testament, they could never memorize God's word. Kawawa naman sila. We know that that's not true because Jesus Christ, an example, when he came to earth, he had scripture memorized from when he was a kid. You know, Pharisees memorized Old Testament law. So it's not talking about memorizing all of a sudden you know God's law. You're hiding God's word in your heart. That's not it. What this is talking about is the ability to obey God from your heart. Yung obedience before it was obeying law outwardly. You had to fulfill the law. Talagang susundi mo yung batas. Pero ngayon, the law is now on your hearts. You're going to have a heart that is able to obey God. It's a new heart. A heart that is spiritual. Before you were dead in your trespasses and sins. But now when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, God gives you a heart that is able to obey. What else? So that's one. Two. And uh, this one is uh, partly prophetic, partly uh, eschatological, meaning looking ahead. Pero sabi ito, they shall not teach each one his neighbor, each brother, saying, Know the Lord. Ayun naman pala bakit pa natin kailangan ng pastor? Kasi kung save tayo, kailangan na natin yung Panginoon. We don't need pastors to open up scripture and say, Oh, you need to know this about the Lord. Kasi lahat tayo, we all know the Lord now. That's not what it's saying either. It's looking forward to a day, a day is gonna come. Okay, when, when here on earth, everyone is going to know who Jesus Christ is. And uh, when Jesus Christ comes during the millennial reign, everyone will know who Jesus is. Everyone on earth will know who Jesus is. There's not going to be a, a, a need to go out and, and evangelize then or, 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 or witness because Jesus Christ is going to provide the light of the earth. Time neon. What else? Don't covenant of grace... They shall know me from the least of them. I will be merciful to their iniquities. I will remember their sins no more. What's this talking about? It's talking about forgiveness. Complete forgiveness. And that's what Jesus Christ provided for you and me. Yes, we know the Lord. We have a relationship with God. 
God has given you now a heart that's able to obey God. Not because we don't want to, you know, disobey the law and, and then have to give sacrifices and it's all external. But now we have a heart that wants to obey. Right? We love God. We obey out of love. And we have forgiveness of sins. Do you know that the moment you trusted in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, what was applied to you was the forgiveness of all of your sins, past, present, and future. Of course, we continue to ask God for forgiveness when we sin against Him. But kailan ba nangyari forgiveness mo? Do you know that you have sins that you haven't committed yet, but God has already forgiven? Right? God has forgiven your sins, past, present, and future. Since you haven't committed, since you haven't confessed to the Lord yet. How do you have that? How is that possible? You have it through Jesus Christ. Real obedience. Real obedience, even though it's imperfect, is made possible through the work of Jesus Christ. And uh, um, Jesus Christ provides the grace to make obedience to God possible. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ can accomplish in your life something that obedience to the Old Testament law and adherence to all its ceremonies never could. A changed heart. A heart that has been forgiven and cleansed from sins permanently. A heart that desires to obey God. A heart that is able to obey God. And what's the source of all this obedience? The source is a personal relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. That's God's grace that He's given. And uh, finally, in verse 13, verse 13, a new covenant invalidates the old covenant. Now, um, we have no Jews here, but uh, you know, I don't know if the Lord will ever give you an opportunity to witness to a Jew, but this is a very difficult thing for, for Jews to accept um, that the you know, Old Testament is no longer valid. But verse 13 says this, In speaking of a new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete. And what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. Okay? So simply this, the new covenant invalidates the old. And that uh, Jesus Christ was already cluing us in in the gospel. Sinasabi niya na because he already came. The Messiah is here. Uh, now, uh, we can look at this and say, Well, Pastor Robbie, those are just facts. No, those are facts. Those are truths that should affect your life. Uh, Jesus Christ is the high priest of a better covenant. And thankfully, we're on this side of that covenant. Jesus Christ has sat down at the right hand of God and He has forgiveness. He has accomplished what it has taken to provide forgiveness for sins. To provide us grace to obey Him. And uh, we need to really value what He's done for us. Thank God for the forgiveness that you have. Thank God that He has given you the grace to obey. Thank God that when you come here on Sundays, there are no animals being slaughtered for your sins. Right? Thank God that we don't have to go through all those feasts. Paulit-ulit. Uh, and... Uh, the, the Day of Atonement, and, and we're so afraid. Is God going to forgive us? Is He going to accept the sacrifice? Jesus' sacrifice was already accepted. And He has provided everything that we need. Trust in Him. If you haven't yet, trust, yet trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior, call on Him today. He is the high priest that you need. He can do for you what the Old Testament law cannot do.
He can provide you a relationship with God, the Heavenly Father, a relationship of love, of obedience, one that provides forgiveness and grace. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus, our high priest who is in heaven, one who is the mediator of a better agreement, who has promised us forgiveness, eternal life, through what he's done at the cross of Calvary. Lord, the Old Testament laws, uh, the ceremonial laws do not apply to us. We can learn a lot from them and learn a lot from the moral laws. Father, help us, Lord, to continue to reflect who you are and help us to be grateful for what you've done for us and what you've provided through Jesus Christ. And we praise you for your goodness and your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.